In the world of entertainment, there are a couple of different topics that whether you like something or not, you have a very strong opinion about it. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about that professional wrestling, whether you watched in the 80s and the 90s with the WWF and the WCW, the 2000s with the WWE, TNA, AEW, Impact Wrestling, all of these different acronyms that may mean nothing to you if you're not a wrestling fan. I think this is going to be a fun topic because when you think about a professional wrestler, JBO would say, he looks like Randy Orton, but really when you think about the world of wrestling, it was these larger than life athletes and it wasn't about these all uh, insane crazy flips, it was more about the storytelling about the body slams, the clotheslines and how much they meant, but in 2020 and in recent years, there's been this argument about has wrestling become a little bit too similar, too homogenized, where with WWE's Performance Center, the fact that all of these wrestlers are training under the same roof. Does that just lead to a lot of the same type of wrestling? We're going to be talking about that right now on another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new one coming at you each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Villas, joining me for this wrestling-themed episode. We have London, Ontario's own Keith Hamilton. Keith is uh, two people that definitely love wrestling, and you and I still watch it today, mm-hmm. just not so uh, the, the traditional thing is that as WWE would you say that wrestling has become a little bit too seamless, too homogenized as compared to the past? I think if we're talking about the WWE, then absolutely. It's actually something that I've thought a lot about lately. It all stemmed from uh, when Hulk Hogan was on the Steve Austin show. Great, great interview. If you're a wrestling fan at all, you should really listen to those two just Goliaths talk for two hours straight. But, you know, say what you will about Hulk Hogan, the person, but he made a really interesting point. Uh, about current wrestling these days that really stuck with me and it's uh, I'm paraphrasing here but it's along the lines of one of the biggest problems with wrestling right now is that everybody's being trained by the same person and that really stuck with me and it made me really think about Um, a lot of what is considered to be a great match in wrestling today versus what made a great match back in the 80s, back in the 90s. And really, things things have changed. And one could argue that I don't think it's for the better because now a lot of these great matches that we come across, they are quite similar. And and I get your point because, look, uh, you, you brought up Hulk Hogan, controversies aside, you think of Hulk Hogan, the wrestler. The dude it's like, is who he is. But if there's yeah. one thing Hulk Hogan knows, it's professional wrestling. Exactly. So, like, let's bring up a, a few wrestlers. Macho Man, Andre the Giant, uh, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Big Boss Man. You think about all of these, and I feel like from the way that they dressed to the way they walked to the ring to the way that they wrestled, you never thought of, like, insane athleticism maybe they were very resilient and powerful but they were larger than life athletes a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's like the average height for wrestlers back in the 70s 80s and 90s was up there it's like 6'2 will be considered short so when you think about nowadays wrestling i feel like in order to adapt you know we've had a roid uh steroids uh, trials we've had a lot of controversies in wrestling so i feel like the world of wrestling sort of change from, hey, look at me and all these like uh, my my six pack abs and all of that. And we change to more of like, hey, check out this athleticism. You think about your Johnny Gargano's, Adam Cole, Ricochet, uh, but then you do have other wrestlers that are a little bit taller, but 
it seems like wrestling now, instead of more of the, of the storytelling, it's a lot more about, look at what I can do in the ring. Do you think that that sort of contributes to the thing where back then, you think about like WCW and the Monday Night Wars. I guarantee you, anybody, anybody watching this right now, this is going to be a challenge. Do you remember uh, the uh, DX in the tank more than you would like a, like an actual wrestling match? Like, wow, look at these maneuvers. More often than not, that's what we remember, right? When you think about the Attitude Era, what was the thing that stood out to you, Keith? To me, it was the moments more than anything, because at that time, the wrestling was subpar. And I think it's more of a uh, a reason because things in wrestling have kind of snowballed as far as uh, maneuvers and athleticism in the ring. Like if you go back to a Hulk Hogan era, you could win a match with a sleeper hold. When was the last time somebody won with a sleeper hold on television? It's probably been a good 10, 20 years. So it's just a matter of escalation. And back in that Attitude Era, which is so fondly remembered, they kind of threw wrestling out the window. The actual professional wrestling dude doing a headlock on a guy and taking him down. That kind of took a backseat, even though that's where all of these like fantastical stories that are just so absurd ended up. It took a backseat when they were getting there. You remember the moments like DX in the tank. You remember the moments where Stone Cold Steve Austin pointed a gun at Vince McMahon and then it said bang 316 on it, followed by Vince McMahon pissing himself. Man, wrestling is weird. The but Kiss My Ass Club. The Kiss My Ass Club. Um, DX mocking the nation of domination, which is obscenely, insanely racist to go back and watch. You remember that stuff. You don't remember the main event of that Raw where Stone Cold Steve Austin fought The Undertaker. You don't remember the series of matches that Stone Cold and Mick Foley had. It took a back seat. And these days, it's kind of reversed where now the story kind of takes a back seat to the wrestling. But the problem is because things have snowballed so much now that like... I guess from fan expectations, people expect more as well because the moves that were ending matches 20 years ago, well, we've seen them end matches for 20 years. We want more and wrestling is, I think it's had a problem really trying to keep up with that. I think it's been really difficult because as you mentioned, uh, say you're somebody that watched wrestling from the eighties. If you're still watching today, first of all, holy crap. And then secondly, yeah, well it's done. like you've kind of seen everything, right? Uh, I want to bring up Maybe the, the most perfect example about this topic, I was thinking like, what's a wrestler that's like, man, so many things about him. And that is Jake the Snake Roberts. Whether you liked him or you hated him, the moment that he grabbed the microphone, you paid attention. And then the other thing is when you think about Jake Roberts, you think about the DDT. And Keith, for the non-wrestling fan here, the DDT is a wrestling, like a finishing maneuver. That's yes. how he would get the three count. Describe physically how simple a DDT is. You take someone's arm, you put it under your, like you basically put it at their armpit, and then you just drop them on their head. Very simple, very effective. And then nowadays, like that would get a three count. Nowadays, people have taken that same move, do it from the top rope, the person ends up being spiked in their head, and sometimes it'll even get a one count. More often than not, it'll get a two count, but rarely will it ever finish matches. And then the thing, and you let me know if you think this is tied into the topic, is that if it was like one match, I think that would be okay. 
it's like, holy crap, look at this wrestler. It's very hard to beat him. But then when you look at a lot of wrestling, both mainstream and independent, I feel like the evolution is 80s and 90s moves were pretty well respected. 2000s, you started to see a lot of wrestlers leave, like Stone Cold, The Rock. So they were reinventing the roster. And I think the moveset started to get a lot bigger. Then you had companies like Ring of Honor, uh, Total Nonstop Action, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. And I, f- I feel like they started to glorify a lot of the moves where it's like, it can't just be a power driver. It has to be a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> and Petey Williams has to be just crying every single day. <laughs> but what I wanted to say here is, how do you feel that when things just uh, plateau or when you're doing so many extraordinary things, but it's happening in almost every single match, doesn't everything just feel very ordinary as opposed to extraordinary? Oh, absolutely. You, as you continue to raise the stakes, you, everything that you do becomes less impactful. It's not as bad these days, but I think there was a period of time in the mid 2000s when a lot, it happened a lot in the independence where they would do moves that would get two counts that looked way more powerful than their finishers. So all of a sudden you've got this weaker maneuver that's ending matches because that was somebody's finisher and you lose, you lose the kind of, um, you lose the kind of mystique behind somebody's big move. That was the thing about the DDT back in the day. That was Jake the Snake's Roberts big move. It had impact behind it. I think that's starting to come back more. And I know a lot of people complain about these matches, but I do think that the whole finisher spam fest, quote unquote, that we get in a lot of uh, big WWE matches happened, are like that kind of led to the mystique of finishing maneuvers coming back, where a lot of big matches boil down to um, like, I'm going to hit you with my finisher, I'm going to get two count, then you're going to hit me with yours, and then we're going to do this a few times until finally somebody pulls out a super version of their move and finally gets the pinfall. It does get a bit repetitive, but in that, in this case, I do think that it's uh, beneficial. So the fact that wrestling, or that wrestling is becoming similar, I don't think is a totally negative across the board thing, because now from doing this, this, you've added the mystique back to somebody's big move. Because I, in my opinion, as somebody that's been watching wrestling my entire life, I think one of the most important things that can happen for a wrestler is to have um, impact behind their big move. It's part of the reason why I love Kenny Omega in AEW so much. There is nothing more impactful than the one-winged angel in wrestling right now, in my opinion. It's not because it's the flashiest move. It's not because it's the most like over-the-top, oh my god, he hit him, he's dead move. But it's the fact that nobody's kicked out of it. And that adds such like it adds such power behind it and as these matches and these moves become more similar and similar they lose power behind those moves look at the super kick i think the super kick is the most um destroyed move in wrestling right now for that exact reason that i it's that and the Tope Suicida, where every WWE match has at least four of them, of those two moves combined, and it really just dampens everything. I think it's gotten a little bit better. Uh, I think the, this really peaked like two, three years ago. 
especially the super kick, which for those who don't know, it's literally kick to the face. Pretty it is fancy. a super kick. Exactly. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, is the sweet chin because he perfected it. So it's not a super mm-hmm. kick. It's a it sweet chin It started out music. as a half crescent moon kick and then it moved to a sweet chin music. Because the sweetness is, is what gets the three count cases. It's just right on the chin. Oh, that sweetness it's on so the sweet. chin. Yeah, exactly. It just makes you want to do music. Absolutely, man. So <laughs> I think what happens here is what you mentioned. Ultimately, one of the big problems of wrestling in the 80s and 90s is the crowd was very hot for a lot of stuff. But then once the bell rang, sure, they were invested in the characters. But I do feel like the wrestling became so secondary and I think as as wrestling became more accessible, as in like Twitter, social media, clips that are shareable, you know, what are you going to share? Uh, a Canadian destroyer on the apron, which for those don't those that don't know, the apron is the hardest part of the ring. Did you know that, Keith? Um, I didn't, but now I do, and I believe it. Oh wait, just no, I case. hear it eight times a show. <laughs> yeah, like just in case, it's like it's a lot easier to share the outrageous things. So I think it's very difficult for wrestlers that maybe do love the old school style. Uh, I think a a recent example is the greatest match ever that happened recently. And this is not going to be a review of that match, but for those who don't know, Randy Orton and Edge, who retired uh, many, many years ago because of multiple injuries, came back and their match was proclaimed to be the greatest match ever before it even happened. So that's a very bossy move. Uh, but, no, a lot of legends have said that that could have been the greatest wrestling match ever. They they have. I mean, whether you agree or not, they did a very, they did a very different kind of match, which is a lot slower storytelling, which is it's not about how many times I punch you, but the enthusiasm behind each punch, why I'm punching you. And I think wrestlers like Triple H, uh, Randy Orton, wrestlers that like to take things a little bit slower do remind you that you don't have to do 80 different moves. Now, some people call that boring because I feel like that's another challenge where Right now, with video games being as mainstream as they are, with uh, action movies being as widely accepted as they are, with the Avengers, Star Wars, like, I think people just like to see big deals. They like to see flashy things. So a wrestler like Randy Orton, maybe he looks like a professional wrestler and behaves like one, but you're not as tempted to want to see one of his matches, perhaps, whereas maybe an older fan would like to see that. Now, I think... um, You and I, alongside Ryan, we watched wrestling for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think NXT, for those who don't know, so WWE has Raw and SmackDown, the main shows, and then they have NXT, which was initially a developmental show taking place in Orlando, Florida. Before that, it was like a a game show. But nowadays, it's become another brand. I'm not even going to see the third brand. Right now, I think with this whole pandemic face, in many ways, it has been treated as like the alternative product, especially because it's going head to head with AEW, All Elite Wrestling on on TNT. But I think NXT initially started out with really good wrestling, but especially in the last two to three years, and this is where I think Keith got inspired for this episode, a lot of matches started having these incredible kickouts. Like it didn't matter that the whole building could have exploded to count. Yeah, here's the thing. And you hit the nail on the head there because the first thing that I thought of once I read that or heard that quote from Hulk Hogan was NXT. 
that is an incredible wrestling show. I in no means mean to knock NXT, as I think it's one of the best things going out there. But if you look at all of those great matches that happened in NXT over the last few years, 99% of them are the same thing, but with little bit of variations in them, where if you have a one-on-one match, and a lot of this happens around the NXT championship, I don't think there is any, um, there's any coincidence there, because that's kind of the big match of every show, but in a lot of ways, it's the same match every time, just there's slight variations, there's really, you could kind of cookie cutter every one of them, and then just pull and replace two or three spots, a spot being like a moment inside of a match. You replace those, you move those around, and it's all kind of the same thing. And that's where I really think the homogenization of wrestling today is most apparent inside NXT. And I also think the magic of wrestling, you know, for those that, once again, like, I think this is a really good episode, even if you hate wrestling. I'm going to just throw out the word hate. It's a fascinating mm-hmm. thing. Back in really, the day, you can take what we're talking about and apply it to any form of media. Yeah. How it's just everything's kind of samey except for the little differences. It's like in, in every place, every state, every part of the world, people have very specific cultures. Therefore, they're going to have specific differences. They're wrestling way back in the day, like oof, over two decades ago had its infamous territory. So as Mm -hmm. opposed to just having WWE and WWE traveled at every part of the United States, as an example, you would have South territories, Northern territories, East and West, and they would cater to their specific audience. So that wasn't just a matter of the characters. It was also reflected in the wrestling. You know, in New Japan, you had strong style wrestling. You had Lucha Libre in Mexico. So even wrestlers would actually travel around the world Mm -hmm. to develop their craft. So that way, if they wanted a little bit more of the Japanese style, they would go to Japan. If they want to get a little bit flashier, they would go to Mexico. But now all of that is condensed primarily in Florida. Even if you don't like uh, WWE, even if you don't care about the WWE product, a lot of wrestlers, and I've worked on wrestling here in Puerto Rico for a little while, the the obsession is, I want to move to Florida, I want to get in good shape, because that's where NXT is. So even if that's not the end goal, a lot of people try to go to WWE. So it does lead to like, uh, well, this is what WWE is doing on television, so I guess this is kind of so how I have to wrestle. So this is the right thing to do, or they, this is what they're telling me to do in Florida, so this is what I need to do. Exactly, and, and I think it's just very challenging because wrestling has gotten a lot better. I think uh, AEW, I think we should dedicate some time to that, was mm-hmm. extremely before, guilty of this. Oh, go bef- ahead. Before we do that, I want to spend a little more time in the territories because yep. I think... If you look at it from the other side of a territory, I think it really boils down what we're saying here. Because, yes, you had your territories and your AWAs were different than your Mid-Souths. Like, all the styles kind of catered to where in the country you were, um, like, you were um, viewing wrestling. But what about when that one person came into your town? What about the time, like, Andre the Giant is a great example. Andre the Giant was basically out on loan through most of the mid-80s from Vince McMahon Sr., where he would go town to town as an attraction. 
the thing that's really lost these days is are those attractions. Like when you hear that Andre the Giant was coming to town, you immediately think what that match is going to be like against your territory's top guy. And you kind of you get that one shot at that and you get to see how their styles clash. Another great example is Ric Flair. When Ric, when Ric Flair was uh, NWA champion, he would tour around the country to all of NWA's different territories and face the top guys there and have these unique matches that way. That's kind of lost when there's only one game in town in the uh, in the WWE developmental. From that side of things, that's where it's lost, in my opinion. But there is a little bit of that spirit that lives on right now. And I think in America, and in, or in North America, that's through AEW. And there's your transition. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> and uh, once again, for a non-wrestling fan, there is other wrestling that is not WWE. But up until recently, like these last couple of years, if you wanted to have wrestling be your job, as in you want to get paid more than $50, well, WWE was the end goal. Nowadays, people have Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, AEW, WWE, a lot of independent wrestling. Uh, obviously, pandemic aside, like before that, that was a thing. But then once ECW, that was more hardcore wrestling, went out of business, then, well, you have less mainstream options to watch. WCW goes out of business. WCW had the cruiserweight division, which I loved. And in many ways, it introduced to a massive market, high-flying wrestling that we see today. I mean, for those that want to see, it's like, look up uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc 97, I believe it is. One of my favorite matches of all time. That match, you could put that on last night's wrestling show, and it would still kick everybody's ass because it's that damn good. And then here comes the Young Bucks, which... We have been guilty of a lot of this, let's be real, of like overusing oh, yeah. a lot of moves, exaggerating stuff. They say alongside people like Kenny Omega and all of that, let's make our own wrestling company called All Elite Wrestling. My concern when it was going to begin was, is that going to be the style of wrestling? Is it going to be 25-pound drivers and it gets a two-count? Honestly, I do think at the beginning it was. When you have wrestlers like the Lucha Brothers, which... Pentagon, I mean, wrestling fans out there, I'm going to lose points. I do not care to watch Pentagon Jr. wrestler, a wrestler or Pentagon Dark because that is that is what he does. His mm -hmm. whole shtick is I'm just going to do every single move and then people or myself are going to continue to kick out. I think they noticed that a lot of people were complaining because compare All Elite Wrestling from its debut to now and wrestlers it's in a good way. down a lot. Yeah. A lot. I mean, like, uh, if, if this was a video game and the wrestler's stats were like 95, everybody's like at a solid 85. But mm -hmm. it's good because it makes every move matter just that much more, which means that some companies like AEW are willing to adapt and you get the high-flying stuff, you get the flashy stuff, but it doesn't need to be a 25-minute kickout fest. Yeah, and the beautiful thing that AEW is doing right now that I give them a lot of credit for is... Every match on the card isn't the same. Like, yes, you are going to get that match that you are talking about. That's the super flippy 25 kickouts, 14 finishers, and a guy goes through 18 tables. There's always one of those on the card. They have Darby Allen. Yeah, exactly. But Which I love you, Darby, by the way. Yeah, Darby Allen's great. But if you if you don't like that match, 
That's okay, because there's something entirely different coming up next. That match might not cater to you, but the slow, methodical, more storytelling-focused match where the moves have more impact and they take it a little slower and make it count, that might be right up your alley. So that's great. You might enjoy that. So at least if you have, if the card is just those two matches, you have the ability to enjoy half that card because it's not everything might be appealing to your taste, but something is appealing to your taste. And that's um, on the other side of things, going back to like NXT or the WWE style. They're very different, those two things, but every match is kind of similar. So if you don't like that kind of match, there is nothing for you on that three, sometimes upwards of five hour card. But at least with the style that AEW takes, which is honestly, it's why I've gravitated more towards it these days. Yeah, I might not like everything on the card. It might not be for me every single match, and there might be things that just, like, turn me right off. For everything that turns me off, I'm turned back on again by another match that might be coming up. Or if something, um, like the main event I'm not a big fan of, I can at least walk away saying, you know, I enjoyed these other two matches, though. And that's okay. And that's why I think it's so important for, um, like, wrestling not to be so homogenized. So it gives, like, a broad net to appeal to other people. I think uh, if you wanted to give some closure to this episode is that uh, WWE buying out ECW and WCW was the most horrifying thing for wrestling. I think that I remember when uh, it was like 99 and the rumors started going around and it actually happened. It was heartbreaking because it wasn't, uh, this is not an Xbox PS3 or Xbox PlayStation debate of console versus console, Mm -hmm. right? There are video games, but here, the companies had very distinctive styles. So when you get rid of one, what if you don't like the other one, right? Then you were stuck with no other options. And if you look at the ratings, I mean, it's not your opinion or mine. The ratings don't lie. A lot of people said, okay, if WWE is the only option... I'm checking out. That's not my thing because imagine in video games, if the Xbox 360 never happened and it was just the PS3 and there was this $600 weird hardware device that everybody kind of had to go, well, it's this or nothing. I think video games would have taken a very awful turn at that point. And that's kind of what happened with wrestling. Yeah, no, it really did. But I think now uh, with wrestling becoming so accessible, uh, even before pandemic, uh, you know, you had wrestling on Twitch and that that would be exclusive live shows on Twitch. So it presents like, uh, I think it's going to become wrestling's pro wrestling, right? I don't want to just say wrestling is a very niche thing to begin with. I think making it an even more niche thing within the niche is great because now it's like, okay, what kind of wrestling do you have? Well, here's WWE. You know, I, I think the, the, the thing that I don't want to neglect, which I think is important, is, you know, WWE got a lot of flack. Like, Attitude Era, in hindsight, everybody loves it. But if you look at forum threads, like, look at archive.org. A lot of people that would write on keyboards would just say, hey, like, The Rock, why is he overacting? I think now we glorify this. Mm-hmm. But I think that some people did tune in for that. So, the whole Why point is, is Rock getting push he yet? Yeah. He don't deserve main event. The whole thing, it's like, it's impossible. You have a dead man in Undertaker in the show, in the same show that you had a, a huge dude showing his ass, and then you had other guys dancing. 
but then you had a guy whose face was apparently burned. That is wrestling. Yep. That, that is an actual episode of Monday Night that Raw. Is the thing, I can keep going. That is the thing that we have talked about for the last half an hour in a serious tone. Yep. There's the dude whose gimmick was, I have an ass. Yep. Remember when the guy that's probably going to run the company had sex with a dead body? And they that's actually... wrestling. I mean, <laughs> a limousine blew up and people thought that the actual owner of the company uh, died inside that limo. That's wrestling. We should just have an entire episode of like, blank happened. Yep. That's wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. People, let us know what you think about this topic of professional wrestling. I think that, look, this is, if you notice, at no point that we go like, it's scripted or not. It's not about that. It's what is actually happening in the ring. Is that fun to watch? Is it too much? Is it too little? Uh, please let us know. As a matter of fact, if you head over to our Discord channel at acastofthepast.com slash Discord, we have a wrestling channel. So you can take the conversation over there. And if you hate wrestling, you think it's stupid, we got a movie channel. We got a food channel. We got we got a channel channel. We, we should a make a Keith channel. channel. Yeah, we should make a me channel. We have a you channel. That that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is weird. Now, uh, the other thing is that okay, the podcast, the the wrestling part of this is done. Five star review, subscribe, all it of that. It was in the stuff. Tokyo Dome. Yeah, exactly. Tokyo Dome. Like Dave Meltzer enjoyed this podcast episode. Hopefully, uh, maybe Jim Cornette. No, actually, Jim Cornette maybe love would love this episode. Actually. I think so. We didn't talk about uh, the Midnight Express enough, though, or um, <laughs> yeah. the Freebird, so he instantly hates it. Bad Street, Atlanta. Okay, the, the the podcast, just a quick podcast update. You may notice that, Keith, you went away to battle the world, but you're alive here, right? I am. I made it back. Exactly. You're alive. Now, with uh, Ryan... Somebody uh, picked up the fight. Yeah, so he, uh, really, uh, Ryan was far too... Dude, Ryan was expensive AF to keep on the podcast. Like, he was. Have you seen how much just, you made? 20 yeah, bucks I know, in a, an episode? What the hell? It disgusts me. I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it anymore. I just... We, we had to let him go. And we we cut him. But, it's a real topic. Uh, no, he's done with the podcast. No, okay, now, really, uh, we've been thinking about ways to continue improving the podcast in terms that it's not getting rid of Ryan. <laughs> 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 yeah okay at this point we need to say flat out nothing has happened to ryan he's just we've made some changes and we've decided that we're gonna uh like switch up the format a little bit and kind of focus on more of you know the really there's two types of episodes on this show there's the big episode where we cover one piece of media like recently we've done the empire strikes back we're currently uh tackling the uh terminator franchise which i am not looking forward to going back to oh, those yeah. are our big episodes and then there's these lighter episodes that we have where we talk about things that more fit our niches like Juan and I are huge wrestling fans so we have a little episode talking about wrestling in between those big episodes or this is when we talk about video game mascots those type of things well sometimes it's hard to find things that really fit 
all three of our enjoyment. Like a lot of those episodes, if you go back and listen to it, it's kind of like, oh, Ryan and I really enjoy this thing and Juan could care less about it. And he's coming in from that aspect we get it, Keith. of... There was a Star Wars episode. You, you don't, Dude, I, yeah. I feel singled out. You know what? That is the perfect example. <laughs> the ranking of Star Wars where Ryan and I were just deep in that one and you're sitting and there I'm like... And I'm just like, space, uh-huh. space. Uh-huh. So... Why don't we really just cater these little, these smaller episodes, these side episodes to kind of cut out that third person and make it between the two people? Like something like wrestling is what Juan and I are very passionate about. Ryan could probably care less right now. So, you know, I think we're going to switch it up and do that. So you'll see Ryan in a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. And probably not so, me. Yeah, so ju- just to summarize, it's like, we want to cater these episodes to be about like very, very specific things. It's like, Oh, Ryan and Keith would be the best discussion for this or me and Ryan or, or Keith Mm -hmm. and myself and all that. So we're all still going to be together. Uh, Ryan's fine. Uh, He's He's good. He's alive. He's still making 20 something an episode, not $20, but he's getting 20 things. Yeah. He has an adorable pug. He has an Instagram pug dot Henry. Follow him every day. Exactly. Don't if, if you're going to join our Discord, first follow Henry, then join us. We take second beyond Henry. You know what's funny? is like, Ryan's still editing the video episode. <laughs> I guarantee you, he's listening to this right now. And just be like, guys, you've talked about the damn topic. You got the point across. End just the damn end episode. the episode. Just so end we should it, go, man. We should just go a couple on. more minutes. So uh, <laughs> tell, me about your, tell me about your life, Juan. Man, uh, I'm having donuts every Saturday. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that. We actually have talked about and that. And where, uh, where do you have donuts? Oh, man. I mean, on a cast of the past, I have. Uh, technically. Like on the Discord, I've shared some of those pictures. I was letting you promote your Twitch. Oh, damn it. All right. And, <laughs> see, man, I'm sorry. Twitch.tv slash MRPlayerJuan. We can chat there. I'm hoping, I'm actually hoping to have uh, Keith and Ryan on some future streams and all that about some specific topics. It's like an transition there but okay keith we, we did we, we did the thing ryan's okay. annoyed now so let's yeah <clears throat> oh this is a problem okay so now that it's more formally gonna be two men episodes and ryan's just gonna be yelling non-stop now uh, <laughs> do we just do like a cast to the wait oh crap. okay so this is what needs to happen we go person one says cat a cast person two says to the and then person one says past again so somebody's got to do double duty all right. Okay, and I said it. duty. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. So thank you for listening <clears throat> to another exciting episode of a cast to the past. <clears throat> that works. That works. Yeah, All right. Good. We it's tried good. it on. You know, it fit well. I think I'll buy Ryan, it. Was that good? Was that good, Ryan? <laughs> Love you, Ryan. I know. <laughs>